When someone first comes in and you see that discouragement on their face, they've tried so many different products, but nothing seemed to work for them. I'm able to take that disappointment and that pain and turn it into hope. You're listening to Mallory, an art support specialist at the Goodfeet store. And they try the art supports. It's a light up moment. You see their face brighten up. They go from feeling discouraged to being happy and hopeful again. For over 25 years, the Goodfeet store and our art support specialist have been helping folks live the life they love without foot, knee, hip, or back pain getting in the way. That's why this job is so important. They're helping people, getting back into the activities that they've wanted to do for a long time, doing the things that they love to do with their Good Feet Art Supports. We're able to help them and take them from the pain to the possibilities, and I love it. The Good Feet Store is located in Fairfax, Leesburg, Rockville, Baltimore and Hunt Valley, and in Annapolis in the Annapolis Harbor Center. For more information, go to goodfeet.com. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love you and will come to you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his apostles, Who among you would say to your servant, who has just come in from plowing the field, tending the sheep in the field, come here immediately and take your place at table? Would he not rather say to him, prepare something for me to eat, put on your apron, wait on me while I eat and drink? You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what he was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all that you have been commanded to do, say to yourselves, we are unprofitable servants. We've only done what we were obliged to do. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a few themes going today in the scriptures. Some were obvious, some were not so obvious. Um, as I mentioned, Mass is being offered for, because it's November, all the souls, all people who have died in our families, friends, and throughout the world. And we pray, we pray for the universal church. So we pray for people who have died and are in heaven, and pray, pray for people who have died that haven't made it to heaven yet. Okay. So with that in mind, we commemorate Saint Josephat, and that's a name it's everyday language, right? Well, he was a 17th century saint. He was canonized in the 18th, uh, 19th century, actually, 18-something. And um, he was a saint who fought for unity in the Eastern Church between the Ukrainian and Roman Church. Um, it, it makes sense. I mean, he really gave his life for this because there is only one church, and Christ founded one church, and through history, and history is really a pain sometimes, uh, what people think about, how grandiose they get in their heads, and they think they can run the church or become the church or do this or do that, and they, their word is ultimate. Well, uh, the only ultimate word is what you heard today, the gospel, the word of Jesus. So um, the Eastern Church and the Western Church split 
and Josephat was very interested in the course of his life to reunite the church. And he did unite uh, the Ruthenian Catholic Church, into, and that's a, another sect, um, another rite we have. In the Roman Church, the whole universal church, we have 26 rites, and the Ruthenian is one of those rites. As a matter of fact, there was a Ruthenian cathedral in Passaic, New Jersey, and that priest would come to our chapel and celebrate Mass once a, once a year with his choir. And the rite is completely different. It doesn't look like what we do. Even the clothing is different. But they're in union with Rome. So we have 26. So I'm going to leave that there. It plays into the Gospel because Josephat was a kind of man. He eventually became a bishop, but he also was a monk, and he was a convert. He was raised in the Orthodox Church. He was a kind of man that wasn't satisfied with what he did. I want to do more. And eventually, at the end of his life, he did more. He gave his life. I mean, he was killed by a mob. I mean, those days, people... Well, I shouldn't say that those days. You know, religion, how unifying it is in the world? Well, religion can also be disunifying, and we know that. Just read the newspapers. Between Christians and Christians, between Christians and outsiders, pagans and Christians, and, and the list goes on. So... He was not satisfied with where he was in the church. He felt that the church where he lived geographically, the Ukraine in that area, um, should be part of one church and should be one church in union with Rome. And he ob obviously accepted Rome as the primacy. So eventually he was killed by a mob who didn't like his ideas, killed by a mob who were Christians, Eastern Rite Christians because he was trying to unite the Eastern and the Western. Now today, you say, well, when does that happen? It happens every day. Not because Christians want to be Eastern or Western, but because people don't like us. We're Christian. We're Catholic. They label us. Look what gets in the papers. Do something wrong? Headlines. Do something good? Maybe you get a byline on the last page. People don't like us. And why people don't like us is based on today's gospel, I think. Don't just float along being a Christian. Don't just float along being a Catholic. Jesus is challenging us. I want you to do more. What happens is, he gives us a parable, and he says, you know, if you're hired, and you go do your, your thing in the fields, take care of the, the, the cows, the sheep, the flocks, or gardening, when you come in from work, the master doesn't say, okay, buddy, uh, sit down with me and let's eat together. No, the master, again, this is servant-master relationship. We're not condoning that kind of behavior, but that's what happens in history. And he says, rather, the master says, serve me, cook my meal, even though you just came in from the field, and then, then you can eat after I've eaten. That's what a master, how a master relates to a servant, okay? That servant shouldn't say to himself, I should get more for what I'm doing. No, you're getting what you paid for. You're getting exactly what your responsibility is. That's what you're getting. You get this salary for doing those chores. He says, though, would the master invite him to be equal with him and sit at his table? No. So Jesus asks the question, 
Should he be grateful to the servant who's just doing what he's commanded? No. And so should it be with us, he says, you. When we have done all we've been commanded to do, say we're unprofitable servants, we're only doing what we're obliged to do. Now we go into an example of a saint who gives his life for his goal of unity, Josephine. We, we give our, ourselves an opportunity to reflect in our society, am I doing bare minimum or am I living up to the challenge of Christ? The first gospel, I, I specifically referred to um, the Book of Wisdom during the month of November because the first, gospel, the first reading, I should say, reminds us, well before Christ came on the scene, that there was a theory Christ fulfills it, of resurrection. And the author is speaking to Jews who live in Greek territory, and the Greeks felt, you die, you're dead, finished. But the Jews had a hope that he opens up the reading, the souls of the just are in the hands of God. To the foolish, they seem to be dead. But to us who have faith, they're alive. That's why the church takes the day, puts aside, that we have to remember all those who have died. We can't just remember them on their feast day or on the day of a holiday. We, we have to go a little further, a little in-depth. We have to do more than what we're, quote, obliged to do. We pray for those who have died and also, of course, you have to remember your own family members. I mean, I, I do, those who are friends and family members. Of course, that's going to be number one on our list. But there are people in the world who have no one to pray for them. Maybe who died as martyrs and their families were martyred. Maybe people who had no faith and had faith right before they died and nobody's going to pray for them. Well, that's what we're doing. We're doing a little bit more than we're obliged to do. We're remembering all the deceased. I mean, think back, and I like, I, as a family therapist, I'm very involved with family trees and history and genealogy. And I've been able to trace my family back to 17th century. But that's not enough. That's not enough. That's only what I could trace. Well, when I pray at Mass, and I invite you to do the same for your families, pray for all of your ancestors, those that you never met, those that you probably look like or look like you. It's good for us to go above and beyond when we're praying for any intention. We're praying for our own needs or the needs of the poor. A little bit beyond that, maybe pray for them and do something, roll up our sleeves and do something for those people that we pray for. Going a little bit beyond, Jesus is inviting us to really take our faith seriously. Don't do just bare minimum. I go to church. Well, that's not enough. It's great. It's where we meet Christ. But from here, we need to go out there and bring Christ with our attitude toward one another, with our uh, kindness, with our charity, with our forgiveness, and without prejudice. See, we can be nice people, but that's not enough. Jesus wants to be wants us to be his followers. So God forbid we should say, 
We are unprofitable servants. We've done only what we're obliged to do. What we should say is, Jesus, I follow you and your example. If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.